come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. We're a movie talk show that comes your way every Saturday, whether you're ready for it or not. Hey, do us a favor, wherever you found us, go on over and hit that like or subscribe button. Hey, give us a review, right? All of that stuff helps us get found by other like-minded folks like you. Helps us rise through the uh, ether of the internet and your favorite podcast platform. So we'll get found by other like-minded folks like you. Yeah, we can find other rat people like us. That's true. Down here in the dank, dark basement, basement. There's yeah, all sorts of. Colin, you ever had a rat problem? Uh, well, this is a story we're going to get into probably. And <laughs> yes, well, not a rat. It was a mouse, but I'll tell you about it later. So uh, anyway, you've heard some voices. Who are the internet radio superstars? Holly, Michaela, John, and I'm Colin. And tonight we watched a movie that was chosen by John. What did we watch tonight? Uh, we watched 1983's Of Unknown Origin. Directed by? George P. Cosmatos. That we know from? We know him from uh, Rambo First Blood Part Two. We there know him from Cobra. The greatest go. Christmas movie ever made, Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> we know him from Tombstone. Yes, my favorite. There you go. There's, maybe, there's probably so. at least one more in there that uh, our audience would know him from. Uh, it's uh, it's left my mind right now. Leviathan. There it is. Yeah. <clears throat> Which reteamed him with tonight's star. Peter Weller. That's right. The rat? Is it the rat? <laughs> the rat. The rat in that movie, too? <laughs> what do you know about Peter George Weller. P. Cosmatos? I know he's Greek. <laughs> That's true. Also Italian. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's also he's the father of Panos Cosmatos. Who's he? Uh, he's a current filmmaker. He's made such movies as Mandy, uh, which we all, I think, or most of us like. Holly did not like. Me and Colin liked. We named <laughs> I loved it. Best loved movie it. of uh, 2018. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and also uh, the other fucking movie, which I don't want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, the Black Rainbow. <laughs> I was like, don't even say it's name. Yeah, on the Black Rainbow. Uh, yeah. That movie is the reason why I still have not watched Mandy. I cannot get over my hate for that movie. Oh, wow. And you, and if you watch Mandy, you'll be triggered, guaranteed. Probably because there's a lot of stylistic similarities. Um, yep. Of course, I I was the fan of Beyond the Black Rainbow that brought it to the Saturday Night Freak Show. Well, turned the, everyone. The style against is not the problem I have with that movie. Well, then you'll like Mandy. Everything else is the problem there with that movie. Check it out. Um, <laughs> so George P. Cosmatos, um, he was uh, yeah Greco Italian filmmaker. He only made 10 movies, I think, uh, in his filmography. Not that many. He started off uh, working in Italy, I believe. Made a couple movies there. He made a movie called, I think it was called Escape from Athena. Yes. Athena. Athena. Athena, yeah. With Roger Moore and like a galaxy of stars. This was like a British movie um, I've before seen this he movie. came here. Have you? Yeah. Is it a World War yeah, II movie? Yeah, it was movie? just... Uh, yes, it is. You know, the World War II movie about a ragtag team of dudes who've got to, like, impersonate uh, uh, German higher-ups and get some people out. And it's a, it's a whole thing. Was it but good? It's, it's not bad. It's, okay. uh, it's, it runs more kind of 
I mean, uh, a little bit more comedy to it, a little bit. But yeah, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, that was like I think that was watch. the movie prior to this one. So this movie that we watched tonight of unknown, unknown origin is a Canadian fan, finance movie. And then mm. I think he went directly from this. I believe his next movie was Co. No, it was Rambo: First Blood Part Two. Yeah, is, uh, then Cobra. Yeah, and then Cobra because Stallone was like this guy, and then you know Cobra. <laughs> And then I'm not sure between Cobra and Leviathan. It feels like I'm missing something because that's a stretch of time there. And then uh, Tombstone. It doesn't say anything. It's like 86, 89, 93. Cobra, Leviathan, Tombstone. And his last movie was something called Shadow Conspiracy, which I confess I have never even heard of, which is too bad that the director of these movies that, you know, are beloved, uh, (laughs) you know, I would say a lot of people. Um, he died at the age of 64. I believe it was lung cancer, uh, got him. And, uh, and then I think his son, um, Panos said that, uh, beyond the black rainbow was pretty much financed by the residuals from tombstone. <laughs> Gave us that movie. So, that <laughs> makes me so fucking angry. Oh, man, I lo- yeah, 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 I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. no. You're talking about the no. movie I love, Holly. <laughs> Paid for by the movie I love. That's I love not that movie okay. Too. Yeah, that's not okay. That's funny. Tombstone money should have went to something better. Sean, did you ever finish watching Tombstone, or are you still uh, paused? I'm still in the middle of it. Oh, my God. On one of the TVs, it's paused. It's been literal months. months. (laughs) Like, that was the beginning of quarantine. Uh, Like I said, it's uh, it's a wild time here. I guess Uh, so. uh, Yeah. Just anything goes. So I'm I'm leaving movies 10 minutes in. It's, It's wild. Well, you uh, you brought tonight's movie. So, how did you come to of unknown origin? Uh, I would say um, I had not even really heard of this movie until last year or two years ago. Um, the uh, the internet brought it to my attention. Saw people, a couple of people, who, uh, horror people who I follow online mention it, um, and how it was an un uh, unappreciated movie, an unappreciated gem that not a lot of people had seen. Um, uh, Scream Factory came out with a Blu-ray not too long ago as well. Uh, so it looked like it, it's had its, um, it's had its day of rediscovery, or at least somebody's put it out there to be rediscovered. And, uh, uh, it's always been on my list. And I figured tonight was a good night after last week's very squishy, yucky feature, <laughs> uh, that we go a different direction. I have never, I had never seen this movie before tonight. So I didn't know exactly what we were going into. I knew there was a rat. Had anyone seen this movie? Was this new to all of us? Yeah, I'd never seen it. Yeah, I'd never seen it. Congratulations, Sean. I appreciate this. You're checking off. I have like a bucket list, right? Of I remember the Union Hall video store wall. Anybody remember a Union Hall? Like I don't know. There's a nation- nationwide chain of stores. I don't know what that is. Union Hall. It was like a department store. My, my, I remember my parents talking about Union Hall, and I think we had a couple old things that still had like a Union Hall price tag on okay. them. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if this was a national chain or what, but to me, there was like Union Hall and Kmart back in the day were like, you know, the competing department stores. This is before Walmart and all that other stuff. And they were one of the first places that got, uh, you know, when VCRs came out, you could rent the VCR and they had VHS tapes. And this is back in the day when they were all in big ass fucking clamshells, right? And it hadn't come out with yeah. this felt little, little slipcover boxes. They're big ass clamshells. 
and Warner Brothers had these out. So there's like these movies that I have been, you know, like every time one of them comes up, it's like, oh, there's I'm crossing one off the bucket list that I haven't seen that I remember seeing in the horror section of that uh, of that store on of unknown origin is one. However, Sean, you know, I'm going to leave it to you then because as you're bringing these, wow. you know, to so. Warner Brothers also put out a movie that no one has fucking talked about in like 40 years. I'm convinced. And it's called Deadly Eyes. And it has a pretty cool poster of like the New York skyline, these big eyes over it. But apparently, uh-huh. it's a rat movie. Really? It's about killer rats. And all I remember on the back of the box is like Scatman Crothers must be in it. And he was, there was a quote <laughs> about how he had done like 40 takes with Stanley Kubrick on The Shining. And then came to uh, to do rats, and like the director let him go after like two takes. He broke down crying because he was relieved that he wasn't going to go through that again. Yeah, back in the day, video store the boxes, the VHS boxes used to have like fucking like a novel written on the back of it of like you know how the <laughs> movie was made and all this other stuff. Deadly Eyes. That's yeah, I've it. Seen the, that's a pretty I've cool seen this poster. The poster before. Yeah, I don't know if that's available on. Uh, I gotta look that up. Uh, what else you got from, uh, oh shit, that from Deadly Eyes? <laughs> oh, it looks like a rat's attacking a subway. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Look at <laughs> this. This is evil, it's evil like fucking rat. way better than what we watched. <laughs> like vampire I know, like, Why didn't we watch that movie? <laughs> I didn't know it existed. I'm well, there's also speed on rat movies. There's also Rat's <laughs> Night of Terror, the one that was directed by Claudio Fergrasso, the director of Troll 2 and Night Killer, uh, right? And uh, there's also, for famous rat movies, there's also going to be Graveyard Shift, Stephen King's Graveyard Shift. Anybody seen that mm-hmm. one? No. With Brad Dorif, and it's like a, a mill, and they've got a rat problem, these workers. And they, there is a giant rat. When we say giant rat, you think, I think, Graveyard Shift, like, you know, big as a house kind of thing. Is it is it bigger than the raccoon rat we have in this movie? The rat in this movie, I was surprised. I mean, it takes a while to get there, but yeah, it's basically like a raccoon. Uh, the, by right. the time we saw the size of this fucking thing, I was surprised. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> this fucking thing's like a football. He's bigger I than think football. this movie has a really bad title. Yeah. yeah. I think it does, too. It does. It's really it, bad. I what, never, did we, like, what did we say was a better uh, title for it? Lapdog of the Devil? <laughs> yeah. Rat. Rat. The Lapdog. The Rat. Lapdog of the Devil. Yeah, that's Which a is, great it's article. A, it's a title. Yeah, it was a title of a book or an article that at some point our protagonist is reading to understand what his oh adver- adversary. Rat Lapdog of the Devil would have been a great title for this movie. Mm-hmm. It sounds like an amazing seventies drive-in movie. You yeah, know? it would it would show with Zoltan Dracula's dog. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the best double feature. I think that's the thing that maybe kept me away from this movie when I was younger. The The poster is a, a photo of, like, a family, and there's four claw marks f- through it. And it's, uh, you know, of unknown origin. And then you Which read the back of the box. implies werewolf movie. Yeah. Or, or like, space. Yeah, like, ser- seriously, I knew nothing about this movie going in. I didn't even look at our social media stuff, like, nothing. And hearing that title, a movie about rats would have been my last guess mm. <laughs> for real yeah yeah they but kept like, that, that like that four like slash marks like over a picture that's shorthand for werewolf like yes for sure 
Well, and for monsters, for monsters, yeah, it's definitely monsters. Something slashing through your, um, yeah. But that's like the howling posters. That's what they look like. Yeah, that was a pretty good. That's a good poster too. I love that uh, howling poster. We still haven't done the howling on the show or any of the sequels, which are goddamn trash movie classics. They're ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> or they're horrible. Yeah. Um. So the movie stars who. Uh, the movie stars Peter, Peter Weller. In his debut performance in a motion picture. Yes. His wow. first lead role. The movie that discovered Peter Weller. Holly, you were here at the ground level. This is it. <laughs> Peter Weller's introduction into the world. Uh, and, and of unknown and also, origin. And also Shannon Tweed. Shannon also Tweed. Introduced her, to Shannon Tweed. Yeah. Her uh, feature film debut. Who's Shannon mm-hmm. Tweed, Sean? Uh, well, Shannon Tweed was a staple of my '90s childhood. I don't know about yours, but uh, every every boy in the '90s, yeah, every boy yeah. in the '90s, we HBO know. was their best friend. I had a brother. Shannon we Tweed know. Was there for us. What was what was <laughs> your favorite year. Shannon Tweed movie? <sighs> Detroit Rock City. Okay, well, she is in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the problem is I don't think I remember any of the titles because I always Night came eyes. in in the middle of them. How about is, indecent okay. behavior. That's the one that I remember. Indecent Behavior 2. Indecent no, Behavior 3. I have to read some descriptions <laughs> to see what's going on. Because these are some wild-ass movies that she started in the 90s. Yeah, it's just amazing. Some weird, just the erotic, um, the erotic late-night movies mm-hmm. Yeah, were her specialty. I tried actually today looking up, you know, knowing we were doing this, I'm like, you know, looking up, like, what was the, the career trajectory of uh, Shannon Tweed? Because, I mean, when I think of well, Shannon Well, careful Tweed, what you Google at work. I thought, well, you know, now I work from home, so, you know, uh, just got to get off the old VPN. Um, but, you know, we remember her, I think, for the 90s erotic thriller, softcore uh, genre that I think was uh, given birth by Basic Instinct, basically kind of kicked that off. And then there were all these, like, you know, cheap direct-to-video uh, movies that were made. There's tons of them. But a goddamn lot of them star Shannon Tweed and uh, was it Andrew Stevens from Ten to Midnight? You'll remember as Charles Bronson's partner in that. He's like in a bunch of them. It was him and Shannon Tweed. And uh, I think I remember that. What was the name of um, Gene Simmons and Shannon Tweed's reality show? The Family Jewels. Was that it? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. that was short lived, but it was. My mom loved that show. She would watch it all the time. <laughs> yeah, they had a strange relationship. I got well. So, so Shannon Tweed was a Playboy playmate who had a relationship with Hugh Hefner, and she became like you know Playmate of the Year. I think in the early eighties. Then she was on a TV show called Falcon Crest. Anybody remember that? It was like an offshoot I do of Knox Landing. That. There you go. So yeah. she was on that. And of unknown origin was her first uh, feature film. Um, yeah, then she met Gene Simmons, I think, the same year that this movie came out. And they had a relationship that has lasted. I mean, when you're talking about, like, especially, it's a weird relationship, right? Because, yeah. like, I don't think either one of them is necessarily monogamous. I didn't watch the show. The Can't be. Yeah, I, I think there well, there was a uh, there was a running because I, I watched I used to watch the show too. Um, there was a running thing throughout the show where Shannon was always um, worried that Gene had cheated on her somehow, and so he took a lie detector test in the show 
I remember that. Saying, saying that he never had. Now, that's cheated. I'm sure maybe there were some... It's Gene Simmons. There had to be some agreements Yeah, if you somewhere. have an open relationship, it's not cheating, so... Right, yeah. but, like, but... So, I think what they were trying to figure out is, like, she gave him permission for everything, mm-hmm. and he never did it without her permission, uh-huh. which is what I think it all boiled down to. But they got married so in, like, 2011, I think. They finally tied the knot in their old age, right? And so they are... So, I mean, the, but, I mean they've been together since 1983. You yeah. know, it's like... Okay, well, you know, it worked for whatever they had going. It apparently worked for them. And sure. uh, yeah, she was in Detroit Rock City. Yeah, if it's, I mean, if it's, you know, consensual, they're both on board. Why not? Do it you? There's got to be a lot you? of strain in that, you know. <laughs> I mean, each his own. <laughs> I guess. A lot of strain. Yeah. Hey, money. Money. When you're selling those kiss coffins and that money's rolling in. <laughs> That's the only thing I remember about that show is him always showing off the new merch he was like getting in, you know. Yeah. That, that man's a merchandiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I still this remember was, it was. Uh, this was my first rock show. Was I was it? ten. I was yeah, 10. mine too. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen Kiss like four or five times now. So, yeah. Missed the farewell tour, or the one before. I saw the one before the farewell. Anyway, we're talking which, about which which farewell <laughs> tour, Colin? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like five. Uh, but we're talking about of unknown origin. Um, this Canadian. So is this movie a horror movie? No, no. This is a picture of a man like falling deep into psychosis. It, it is a descent into madness. I will say that. Um, I mean, that's come on. That's a horror movie. Come on, look at that. Just look at any close-up shot of that fucking rat. That's horrifying. That's a horror movie. I suppose, right? Because it does have a quote-unquote monster. I mean, I, to me, it's on par with, like, arachnophobia. This, or it, well, that's what I was thinking. There's a lot of yeah. arachnophobia in this. And I'm pretty sure we were uncertain when we watched arachnophobia whether we'd consider that a horror movie. Yeah, this one's interesting. Well, this it rides a fine like, line. Arachnophobia is very, like, tongue-in-cheek and, like, has, like, mm-hmm. a sense of humor about it. This movie doesn't. This one is dark. Yeah, but but I was watching it as if it was a comedy. Like it's, it's this anxiety producing comedy. But that could have mm. been just me. Like <laughs> I'm like I, oh, I, I totally yeah. am this guy. I wasn't. I wasn't watching it as if it was a comedy. There were parts that I thought were comedic, but it was. It, I didn't get a tone of a comedy. Right. Yeah. No, it doesn't but, have a, co- a comedy tone. It's like a. But deadpan. Peter Weller is very funny in this movie. Yeah. I think, like you but, said, deadpan. Right. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so who is he and what what's he doing in here? What uh, who's the protagonist and antagonist of our movie? Well, like any uh, uh, main character in the eighties, he's a he's a businessman, a high in ranking, York, yeah. yeah, a high ranking businessman in New York. And wouldn't you know it? Just when all the shit's about to go down, he gets the uh, uh, what is it? The opportunity of his life. He gets that big deal at work that he's got to work <laughs> on. So he's got to put all his effort into that. And wouldn't you know it, at this time, he gets attacked by a rat. Yeah. The Not movie, just attacked, he gets, what do we want to call it? It's like psychological torture yeah, for this man. Stalked and harassed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really is like, I mean, I imagine that the guy, so he works at a trust company, and he's given, um, they pull him off of like the uh, the account that he's really good at the pyramid account, the which pyramid. I thought was funny pyramid for some reason. Just pyramid schemes and shit. Pyramid I thought that was holdings. funny. And 
and then they give him this idea that he's going to actually restructure the company. There's a lot of talk about this at the beginning of the movie. And I'm like, wow, we're really going into the, the business. Not only is there a lot of talk, there are scenes put in this movie specifically so that you don't worry about Peter Weller's job at some point. Yeah. He goes back and he talks to his boss and he says, Hey, I'll give it to you when I give it to you. And that's it. And that's how it's going to be. And that scene is only there so that you don't worry he's going to get fired yeah. at some point. <laughs> yeah. But that scene specifically, they do like a thing where, you know, at that point he's doing it's like a power move, right? He's like, even though things are really bad for me, like, you still want me on right. this job. And it's up yeah. to you. Like, you can, you know. It's just it's just a really weird choice because, I mean, they make it so that you're not worried about him at work. But then also, like, his wife and kid are away. But, like, when they talk on the phone, they're like, I love you, I love you back. So I'm like, so what's the danger in this guy's life? Like, what's he going to lose, ultimately? Right. Like, we were talking, we spent more time t- talking about Shannon Tweed than she's on screen in this movie. Yeah. It's true. So yeah, what, she's not second the, build. His his secretary is the second build uh, uh, star in the movie um, because she Oops. is the one who's actually, like, helping him run his day-to-day because this is i mean basically that's the dynamic of the movie right it that's what i'm saying is this really a horror movie this is a movie about a man going through like a personal crisis a guy on the edge right because his like the obsession that he gives toward killing this rat that it's invaded his house is matched i think by like his obsession in the office like that's what makes him good at his job is this like single mindedness, right? It's like that's why you give it to him because even there's an early scene where he sees like a a thread or something on his secretary's lapel. And he's like details, details, Deta- you know. It's like only he would notice that. So he's like extremely uh, detail oriented. I mean, it's yeah. just such a I don't know. It's such a cheap claim because like I'm very detail oriented, but I'm not obsessive about work or a rat like well he is oh i am like it just i don't know (laughs) i don't know oh yeah can you can you not see this being colin like yeah i did my house yeah oh yeah colin Colin, when you describe it like that it makes me think of that jack nicholson movie wolf Mm. like how like that movie is really like a metaphor for like you have to be the alpha male at the office you know yeah Mm mm-hmm well, it's that thing of, uh, you know, feeling your life spiral out of control, things beyond your, uh, you know, and then coming up with, I guess, you know, then the whole thing is about him choosing priorities. It's like, what's the, you know, what's the priority? Is it his job or like his domestic situation, which is they, they, they set up that he has restored that. So it's, it take the movie takes place primarily in this brownstone, supposedly in New York. Um, that he has renovated there, you know, this guy, this is a guy who takes pride in this thing. It's established that his wife thinks that maybe he loves the house more than her. Uh, he goes on about like the floors, right? Have been stripped and stained and no machine touched them. He did it all by hand. It's like, this is a meticulous, you know, uh, thing. Like he loves this work and rebuilding this house. And then by the end of the movie, it's like, this is a guy who's going to fucking destroy this whole place hunting for this fucking rat. <laughs> you know, that's uh that's gotten into the place. 
Mm-hmm. They just can't track down. That keeps on hiding in the you know uh, the crawl spaces and and what have you. Yeah, I mean, how are we? Uh, how are we introduced to this rat? Like we we start off pretty normal with uh, Peter Weller at work and everything, but then we get to the classic uh, POV shot of something crawling around his apartment. An invader, a visitor, if you will. This is based on a book, by the way. <laughs> it's called that the came visitor. out two years earlier. Called the visitor. Yeah. Uh, but then I believe the, correct me if I'm wrong, the book took place on a boat. I don't think so. It took place in a, they're in a house. I read an article, so this is where I, yeah, if you know more about this maybe than, uh, but uh, somebody, there was an article on this movie that I was reading and they said that, you know, the book may have inspired Alien also. And I'm like, okay, now you're fucking reaching because I think it was Planet yeah. of the Vampires or something, that, or It, the Terror from Beyond Space. But uh, it, I thought they said it was like a rat on a boat, and somebody was trying to track down this, you know, became obsessive about this. I'm not sure now. I have not read The Visitor by the author whose name I don't also know. Um, <laughs> um, but you were saying, like, what? Sh- so what's the dynamic of the, the family, right? Shannon Tweed and the kid. Uh, rarely. The kid's obnoxious. Well, this is also I hate true. this kid. Why do you hate him? Yeah. He, he dumps like a whole box of cereal on the counter to find the prize inside. Just And then like the dad's just like, huh, isn't that adorable? We'll let your mom clean this up. And then like <laughs> when they go to leave, he's sitting in the driver's seat of the car pretending like he's driving the fucking car. They let this kid do whatever the fuck he wants. And it's a real it was, problem. It was uh, it's the 80s. It's just uh, it's just what happened. Probably one of your seatbelts in that car. I always thought that like kids in movies, like parents always had this kind of uh, what is it, laissez faire uh, way yeah, of dealing. Yeah, a little with, lackadaisical. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm like my fucking parents would have had no, uh, you know, they were like none of that shit. Oh yeah, me neither. That, none of yeah. that would have been tolerated. It's like no yeah. discipline. Hollywood parents in movies, they just don't discipline their goddamn kids. Well, Unless it's, it's Carrie, you know, right? Where it's like yeah. super, <laughs> super, it's, yeah. it's not even the lack of discipline. It's they find it endearing and cute. It's yeah. the complete opposite direction. It's like, you're making a horrible mess, you little bastard. Clean that shit up yourself. <laughs> yeah. How old is this kid? He's like six or something. I don't know. He's fairly young. Oh, well, and like better. sitting, I'm more concerned about the sitting in the driver's seat of the car and like jerking the steering wheel around, pretending like you're driving it while it's parked yeah, you on know those, New York City. You, like, you, you know. know, those keys are in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, so Peter Weller has this. I mean, because basically the movie sets it up that this is the example of the man who has it all or is on the cusp of having it all. He's yes. got the beautiful house. He's out of the city, right? Although it, that's what they say in the notes for this movie, but I'm like, looks like he lives in the city to me. But you know, they got they have the whole building themselves. They're not living sharing. You know, it's not an apartment or whatever. Um, he's got a beautiful wife. He's got a loving son, um, and he's on the edge of a promotion that's going to secure his financial future. Right. That's so we're going to take all that away from well now. I mean, the the wife and kid go off to visit uh, her parents. For two weeks, which basically leaves him alone to his own devices. And maybe this is a movie saying something there about like, you know, uh, men need some kind of stabilization of like a female presence in the home. See, Otherwise, the, they go. That's the thing. I think it's a movie about male dominance and about, <laughs> in your environment. But that's just the thing. Like, I really don't know where they're going with anything in this movie. Like, I 
some things are very subtle and some things are on the nose. I'm like, well, what, what's your fucking point to any of this? Like, I don't know. I feel like yeah. I don't know where it's going. The fact that he's, he like has Moby Dick lying around and then he's watching yeah. the old man <laughs> in the sea on TV. I'm like, okay. Obsession. The first time. Yeah. This is obsession mm-hmm. that leads to your eventual downfall. If you keep following this, so it's a cautionary tale for men everywhere. Like this yeah. is the you're not supposed to be like Peter Weller. Okay, right. Don't get caught like, up in your pride. Tell someone you have a fucking rat, which he does it, not do in this movie. But is it a cautionary tale? Because I feel like the like what happens at the end, I'm just like, well, he still has his job and still has his nice ass house. Like nothing really that bad happened. Yeah, he just smashed his well, I mean he smashes his stuff and he gets water damage in his basement. Well this yeah, is like place, he's loaded. He can afford to oh, remodel I know, this shit. I know. So well, this place should have burned to the fucking ground. Yeah, yeah at the end of the yeah. Up. And the it's remake, a, there you go, and it, it and burns. His, and his wife and child pull up outside as he's standing there watching it burn down and happens. Yeah. And but they I, have no idea what's going on. Yeah, like Michaela was kind of like, like, there's no stakes. Like, he's still, he's still fine. He can pay, he's got insurance, I'm sure. He can still pay for all this shit. Well. Like, his house, his house is still there, his job's still there, his family's still there. You, like, you're saying fine. that, that the stuff is still there, but I think that this movie is preying upon the same kind of thing that the Amityville horror, there's an anxiety here that I felt watching this movie as a homeowner myself, and I've been going through, like, you know, some mild renovations and, there's messes because I've got shit all over the place. I hate messes and, you know, I got paint and all this other crap sitting around. Uh, Amityville Horror. I remember reading, uh, you guys are familiar with Stephen King wrote this book called Dance Macabre, which was his yeah. analysis of the horror genre. And uh, he singled in on the Amityville Horror because he's like, I don't understand why people like this movie. This is not a good movie, right? It's bad in a lot of ways. But he said he sat there with an audience watching it. And I think where there was a scene where George Lutz loses like $5,000 is going to go to a, a wedding or whatever. And, you know, somebody in the audience said like, oh, can you imagine what, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, it clicked. It's like, this is what this movie, why it's working is because it's preying on an anxiety in the in the audience of these homeowners. And like, what if that would happen to you? And that's kind of how I felt when I was watching this. Cause I tell you, like, I haven't seen this movie in its entirety before, but I saw somehow, uh, you know, like the beginning of it or something. And that scene where the fucking dishwasher washer is leaking all over the floor in the kitchen. Like I still, to this day, every day I go into my dishwasher <laughs> into my kitchen and I'm like, I don't know if the fucking, the cable, or, you know, the hose back there is like, you know, how long has that been it's on It's the there? most <laughs> anxiety-inducing shit you could see. Like, right. like, again, like everyone always says, movies don't change, you do. Yeah. So now the scary part is home ownership. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Colin, Texan, Colin would that be a concern of yours if you had limitless resources and money to fix it? Okay, so that, but that's, the, so. that's, the, that's the difference between... Uh, the Lutzes of the Amityville horror, which is basically we know that they have sunk everything that they n- have into this right. house, and then the, right, the ha- house is making them go bankrupt, or the Money Pit, right? Is another movie with Tom Hanks and does right. the same thing. Yeah, great movie. Or this, it's like, well, if this guy is financially set, you know, he owns a fucking brownstone in Manhattan. But right. I guess th- there is a threat that that you know, because as we're watching it. I was like, he is going to lose his his job in the course of this, right? Because he's just, you know, he just can't cope with it. He's falling asleep, with the, you know, and all of his superiors are watching, and 
He's has a, a, a dinner party scene where all he can talk about is while they're eating rats and all this, like, cause he's been researching rats and he's like turning everybody's stomach, you know, telling them stories about rats. So it really was like, Ugh, it's like because he can't let it go and it's all that's on his mind, which I can appreciate. Uh, he's going to torpedo his career. Then he's going to lose all that money. And he, you know, he's put all his blood and sweat into equity into this home. And it's all being like destroyed. Well, taken by away. Yeah. By destroyed. Yeah. Fucking thing. <laughs> I think I texted in the chat as we were watching this. I'm like, this is my worst fucking nightmare. And it really is like when he goes into his pantry and there's just shit's been eaten. There's a mess being made like that's the worst thing in the world just like now somebody else did this shit now i have to clean it up yeah that's my that was my worst nightmare. i mean yeah no the the thing is though like i don't know like you were saying with amityville like those people didn't have the resource like unlimited resources and that's why it's horrific everything but like i agree with michaela i couldn't get it out of my mind i'm like okay he called one exterminator like he, there. It's Manhattan. There are lots of them. He could call somebody else and try to get different help. Well, he, like, he well, does say that he called a bunch of them and they wouldn't call him back. And the guy is like, "It's because they're busy." You know, it's like there's this. Is, we live in a sewer. You know, well, New York City. That's the thing. If you're that bothered by rats, New York City is not where you should be living. No, you just shouldn't I mean, be living in New York. I don't if you're know. That I'm bothered just, by rats. Yeah, I'm just not buying it. I feel like he could have got a different exterminator, and I'm st- like. The way they portray his whole job thing, like, I I never feel like he's in danger of losing it. I never feel like he's in danger of losing anything, except for when he lit all those fucking candles. Then I was like, okay, his house is going to burn down. In which case, yeah, I would feel for him because clearly his house means a lot to him. But in the end game, like, he didn't lose anything and I never felt like he was going to. Everything that went wrong, I'm like, this guy can throw money at it. This guy can throw money at it. I'm like, all right. Well, I wonder if that plays game. into his attitude, because like, because um, it's possible, like at some point, you know, because I was sitting there, you know, going like, oh man, you know, it's like if I put that much money, you know, it's like now you're tearing apart parts of the floor or the walls, or you know, you're you're ripping shit apart, and then he just kind of gets cavalier, which I assume is the madness, you know. Yeah. As it's so like, okay, buddy, it's just you and me. And like, uh, oh, I wondered when you'd get to chewing through the cable that killed the power to the building. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I think I think the madness is compounded because of um, also because of uh, Cleet or Cletus, as I should as we should say, uh, his the super of his building is that who he is? Now, he owns the building he across. Owns the building. Though. He, so he owns the building. Super. Yeah, he doesn't have a super. That's well, it's his not house. His, he doesn't own that one. I think he's got the one like next door or something. Because he says early on when he brings him over, it's like, yeah, I know you got your own building, and you know. So I think yeah, he has like an that apartment. Moment, that moment when the when the secretary shows up and she's like outside yelling, he's working on the building next door. Mm-hmm. So I think that's mm-hmm. the one he owns. Yeah. But, so he's uh, like the neighbor. He's fixing up that yeah. house, but he's a different kind of you know. He's like the messier version. Peter Weller's the you know. I've got it all. I got like an architectural background and, you know, making this. But one thing Peter Weller does not know that Cletus does know is rats. And he <laughs> gives us every excruciating detail about New York rats. Yeah. And it's pretty. I think it's pretty great. Like, I l- really like this character. Um, I, I think he's uh, uh, a I think we need that character to like to build up the danger of the rats and all that shit. 
but I just like how he's um, just the uh, maybe as a New Yorker, just the way he talks and all that about rats. It's it's um, uh, it's pretty amusing, I'd say. Yeah, did you know rats? They have these teeth, and they have to keep chewing. And all they do is he think you think about him twenty percent of the day. It, he thinks right, about you a hundred percent of the day because he's got nothing else to do. <laughs> right? That's what you need in a rat movie. You need a rat hype man. Yeah, he's the rat hype man. This, He's basically what this dude is. It's like, hey, you think it's just a rat? Let me tell you something nobody else is going to tell you. And then he proceeds to tell him every disgusting thing about rats. I was surprised at how fast the movie did get to that point. I was like, man, they're going to run out of uh, you know, steam here at some point because like I think it was like in the within the first 20 minutes, right? Within like the first act, they were laying heavy like they he'd identified you know, after uh, the the washer, the um, yeah, the dishwasher broke. It's like, well, you could have a rat chewed through there, and then that leads us like right away. It's like, okay, it's a rat, and you know, here's everything horrible about rats. And then Peter Weller's going to the fucking library and watching videos of rats like tearing their own young apart. Oh, this was <laughs> it's horrible! Like, what? <laughs> Absolutely horrible. How long do you think he was there just watching rat movies? Oh. Yeah. He's the weird guy at the library that's watching rat movies. Yeah, His right? reputation's not going to recover from that. Hey, it's the rat guy. But it did seem like some more movies. This was part of his character, right? This is like this is that guy's mindset. This is how he deals He's with learn everything. Yeah, well, this is how he deals with problems in in uh in his business life, but now he's applying it to this like new thing that's a problem mm-hmm. that he has to solve. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, I thought it was kind of funny that uh, Michaela or Holly on our chat, as we're watching these things remotely, was like, why doesn't he just get a fucking cat? And in the next scene, <laughs> as he's grabbing a cat, yeah. Uh, there's a cat running around outside his building. And he's like, hey, I'm going to put you to work. Let's get, <laughs> you know. Sean, Sean just can't resist a movie where a cat gets murdered, man. No. I, again, I, hey, I'd never seen this movie. I didn't know the cat was getting murdered. Probably could have guessed it though. Yeah, probably. It's I, just fun. To, it's was, fun to know that just, Peter Weller is an actual cat man. Just look. Did you was, see the way he's holding that cat? Yeah, he loves cats. but I was thoroughly disgusted that he just picked up a New York street cat and was like nuzzling it and kissing it. Yeah, he kissed its yeah. belly. That was. Uh, <laughs> that's not great. Well, and like the stuff he's saying to this cat is straight up unhinged. Like he yeah. turned the cat around, asking him if he wants bananas or cucumbers to eat. He's a rich man. That's all he's got. I think it's it was a cucumber. Oysters. Yeah. He, he ends up oysters. feeding him. Well, yeah, that's what oysters. he gave him. But he said, do you want bananas or cucumbers? He asked yeah. the cat mm-hmm. that. I'm sure those cats that eat bananas. Yeah, maybe they do. I don't know. Um, but the, um, I guess, I was uh, briefly thinking about, there's also like an interlude with his secretary where it's like, okay, so what is the relationship with his wife? Because he does try to go in for a smooch with the secretary. Secretary is like the one who kind of understands what he's going through and sees that there's a problem here. You know, it's like he needs more time on this uh, uh, with this client that he's working on. So she comes over to the house to check on him because he's starting to grow the stubble, which is a sign that, like, you know, that guy's going over the edge. And, uh, and he, really what does this mean <laughs> when you have the full beat just, yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah you're past that boy you're like Fuck okay. it. i'm living it <laughs> um but the impression that i got was that you know is 
because he's calling his wife and you know telling her that he loves her and eventually you know they come home and all this stuff and he's got this kid and he, so he has this family life that he doesn't seem like he's you know resentful of or detached from but there is this moment between him and his secretary I don't know how you guys read that, but it was like, oh, no, what are you doing, man? It was like, you I know. couldn't read it. It's another reason. I'm like, I don't know what is happening in this movie. He's the most unsympathetic character because I'm just like, I don't relate to you. I don't understand you. Like, I am, I get his, like, obsessiveness because we all have something that, like, get, captures our interest or, like, our needs so much that we have to, like, figure it out completely. I get that. But, like, him as a person, I'm like, are you a good person? I don't know. There's nothing about you that I'm, like, concerned for or, like, I I, I don't know. N- not sympathetic at all. Not at all. I don't know what's happening with the secretary, but I, I don't know. I think it was just a moment. That's what I chalk it up to. I just had a moment. It's interrupted nothing more, by nothing the less. sounds of the rat. So he's like, okay, I'm going to send you, I'll walk you to your cab. So at least there's some yeah. sense there not to destroy your life <laughs> he's talking to the he's talking to the rat at this point like he's just talking to walls yeah then he's is, like stay away everybody just and like he gets progressively crazier and he's hunkered down with a baseball bat and he eventually gets the black stocking cap on well i mean first of all like when the to back up like he's he first he starts out with just like plain rat traps because nobody knows this thing's the size of a raccoon and once those don't go don't work because the rat actually chews the wood and destroys those. He gets these bear traps. I mean, they're like mini, like they're cartoonish mouse traps. This is like something the Roadrunner would have. They're on metal and with claw, with clawed with teeth, teeth, with yeah. large, large clawed metal teeth. This that he is what you use. Mouse. Not right? your this grandma's you rat traps. Cleat tells right. him, <laughs> get rid of grandma's traps. <laughs> I've never seen anything things. like it. To tell you the truth. Oh, uh, and uh, there are but some. He sets uh, those up. Yeah, and there's some moments where people are walking around him or the cat's stepping over them or and eventually yeah. of course he does get his fucking hand caught in him and I was like, his fucking hand's broken, dude. I saw what it did to that Superman doll's head. Right? <laughs> I thought he was gonna I thought he'd be losing some fingers. Yeah. That's what, what should have happened. It should have been a little more like fuck as he has it right. depressing like a collapse into the bath. He you know, he actually the- says it's not fair, it's not fair. <laughs> you guys are bu- are just building my case for there not being enough stakes in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know, what do you say? I mean like well this is a uh, stakes. But you keep well, saying I mean, well, for it would have been better if he did this. He should have done that. Like, you know, the movie should have like taken it farther and it's like yeah, that's my point. You could elevate, it, but then again, we could be looking at it from like a modern sensibility too. It's like maybe sure. at the time that was like you know, holy yeah, that shit. Was it. you know, he got the fucking thing clamped down on his hand. Now he's got to disinfect, de-louse that whole thing. And yeah, I would. Yeah, he's buying, he's hand. buying poisons from, from dudes. And <laughs> apparently I didn't know there were this many poisons to kill rats. I didn't know there were only five ways to kill rats, which we are specifically, it's like the five boroughs, Holly. There's, there's Long Island rats, there's Bronx rats, Brooklyn rats. The and there's only one rat. way you can kill each, huh? Yeah. Bronx yeah. rats can only die this way. Exactly. That's how we divide up rats. I think that's where a different poison. The movie gets its title from a book that he looks through or whatever. It says, like, there's a Polynesian rat, the something rat, and whatever rat of unknown origin. Uh, Bad title, but mm-hmm. there's where it came from. Pardon me. Yeah. Um, eventually, he goes crazy. Uh, I mean, there's no other way to put it. And he starts Mason, yeah. building his own uh, because he he does hire an exterminator to come out 
and he leaves money for them. But of course, this fucking rat like chews up the uh, the check. So the exterminator yells at him like, I came over to your house. There was no money there and blah, blah, blah. This rat's like crawling into his bed at night. It's coming out of the fucking toilet and it's playing. The, it's running around the piano. And so he eventually just gets a baseball bat and puts like one of these rat traps on it, a bunch of nails. And he's all decked out and uh, he tapes himself up and he's wandering around the house just beating. He's the got shit. cleats on. Yeah. <laughs> He's got cleats on, Colin. Bashing Which is not a bad shit idea. out of everything that he as, loves. As Charlie Kelly would say, it's always rat. sunny. Those are his rat stomping shoes. Yes. Nope. Yeah. You really yeah. should watch that show, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where the end of this movie does go to like a place unhinged, right? Where this guy has like, I mean, this is madness, right? Even the, there was a scene where Cleet next door comes over to the house. Um, <laughs> Well, this is even is preceded by, like, he has these nightmares uh, where he thinks his family's coming home and the fucking kid is, like, you know, mixing because the kid's an idiot and he's mixing together everything that's on the <laughs> kitchen counter in a bowl to eat it. And we see there's, like, the borax, the rat poison, and the kid's stirring yeah. up and we're like, oh, my God, this fucking kid. And he wakes I'm, up yeah, and right? I'm like, this is what he dreams of. <laughs> Actually, Colin, I was like, yeah, about time they killed this kid off. <laughs> I, re- I know. I was like, damn, it's all about to go down. And why is he mm-hmm. attacked? This kid's going to die for being dumb. This is this is really where it's going. Yeah. See, at the, at that point, I was like, finally, some stakes. Like he's right? gonna be, he's so obsessed that he's careless, and his kid's gonna die because of it. Okay, this guy's actually gonna lose something. Yeah. All right, I, I'm I on like board. the fact that the movie gave you that, even though it didn't actually happen for real. It at least planted yeah. it. You got to see a visualization of it. You know, and it was like, oh, snap back to reality. It's like, okay, well, at least we're not going there. But uh, Cleet comes over and. It was a scene where, like, he he comes in and he sees uh, Peter Weller, like, just bashing. He's testing out his new weapon. And Cleet just kind of reacts by going, like, nope. He turns around and leaves. (laughs) I mean, that's that's the best. That's that may be, like, the best arc in the movie. Like, he's he's the guy who knows everything about rats. And he's uh, he's a nonstop talking New Yorker and everything. And then just for this one thing. He comes down, sees Peter Weller building it, and then testing out his bat, and he's like, Mm-mm. "Yeah." And then he gets the fuck out of there. Doesn't say a word. Yeah, because there's great. no like, you know, hey, well, I'll help you catch your rat or whatever. Because you know, it's like he's going to be the uh, not the Richard Dreyfus, but the Quint of the movie. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. he recognizes he's gone insane. He's like, "You've gone too far for me." Yeah, I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah. And we, I don't think we can. Uh, we obviously can't ignore the. Uh, I'm going to say the cinematography, the photography of this movie, um, because of uh, one of the grossest things it does. Now, there is like a little bit of puppet rat in this movie, especially in parts where the rat is like bite, actually biting ankles and shit. Mm-hmm. It's pretty a crazy. ferocious rat. Yeah. It's, a fer- it's loud. It, it, it yells. Like um, it screams. This is a it screaming rat. Yeah. High screeching. Yeah. Um, but but there's also, a lot of close up work on, on actual rat faces. A lot of close-up rat photography, which yeah. is the most, it's disgusting, yet I can't look away from it. Someone's like, what are you doing, you little rat fuck? Like, Those what are you chilling on now? They're so gross. Oh, it's yeah. so they're disgusting, like but so fascinating. There's just shots of him 
chewing on wires close up of his yellow fucking teeth. And it's his translucent eyes, but veiny uh, claws. His, hand, his claws and <laughs> hands are just running over stuff. He's leaving a liquid behind. Yeah. There's shots of him going through pipes and shit. Oh, yeah. the, the rat photography is fantastic in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was kind of big, impressed like, by that because there was more of it than I thought. I figured it was going to be one of these things where you get mostly point of view shots until like you reveal the thing at the end, but right. they're showing you close ups, like close up rat photography, like the whole way through it. These cut two of the thing, you know, at one point it leaves a shadow on the wall where Peter Weller's creeping around and you see this gigantic shadow. You're like, what the fuck is this right? thing? And how big is it? It was when it crawled into his bed underneath the covers that yes. I was like, this is where I started laughing hysterically. <laughs> yeah, it's like this thing is that thing's huge. Fucking huge. <laughs> and it's got like this is the point in the movie where under the bed it doesn't seem vicious, but it seems like it has a little personality because it's just like, wait, what's going on? It seems and it's like moving a cat. under the cup. It does. And yeah. when it when Peter Weller finally gets up and that thing fucking scoots out from under the bed, it's one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Yeah. Then he he ends up sleeping like with his legs up on a I mean it's just the guy. <laughs> it's like he goes home and is he like, set up the hammock so that he doesn't have to sleep on the bed anymore? I wonder. <laughs> because he? when he ran and jumped in there, I'm like, where the fuck did the hammock come from? Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing he hung it up so that he wouldn't have to sleep on the bed anymore. But the mm -hmm. thing figures out a way to get to him even then because it chews through the drywall of the ceiling. <laughs> I don't think it chews through it. It just takes its little clawed hand and it's running through it. And op it opens it up. It's mm -hmm. wild. It cuts off his telephone at some point. Chews through all the wires of the telephone. Um, the ending of the movie is, uh, you know, I mean, I guess the culmination of, uh, I thought maybe that he would land a blow or two on, you know, maybe injure it. Then, like, he's got to track down the injured rat. Then it, like, comes at him really ferociously or whatever. But it, it didn't kind of go that way. It was... Um, the rat attacks him all the time. He's beaten down, beaten down, beaten down. Oh yeah, the the uh, right. He's got like a model of his house in the basement <laughs> where the rat lives. <laughs> Talk about Mikhail. This goes with more of your on the nose. Thing. On the he nose. Destroys his big house and then he destroys his little house with the rat in it. Yeah, right. Because he's got to get to the rat, and that is where he kills the rat. He bashes his model house to pieces uh, in order to kill that rat, and he does finally like whack the living shit out of it with the uh, spiked bat. I like to believe that the rat learned the layout of the house by being in the little model house. Yes. Yeah. That's funny because yeah, I, like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's also a cautionary tale. Don't leave the, uh, you know, clean out valve on your, um, you know, uh, your uh, pipes open because that's how the fucking rat got in there. Apparently came in through the basement, went in through the clean out valve of the, uh, the There's no way pipe. that rat fit in that valve hole. Well, but that's the thing, I think. That's the problem, because a lot of the shots that we see of the rat in the spaces that it gets into, I know that there's a much said about, like, did you know a rat can squeeze through a hole the size of a quarter? But right. when you finally see this thing and it's a raccoon, you know, it's like, okay, there's no no way this thing was, like, getting <laughs> Into the between the springs of his a mattress, you know. Right. <laughs> we we or see in the point walls. Of view. <laughs> like I think his his house would have collapsed by now for the holes this, that thing was going to make. Yeah, because it's huge. Uh, not like a little infestation or whatever. You guys have many experiences with rats. 
I've had rats. A, I've had mice. No. Nope. Had a mouse in a house like 25 years ago, and that's the only thing I've ever had to deal with. Yeah, I've had a, I've had a mouse in a house, and I basically became this guy. Uh, <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, I was. I, uh, I can see you dressing up in full like you put on your your Jason hockey mask and your gear, and you're chasing the shit around so the house. I'm, I can see it. I'm guessing you didn't have a cat at this point. Uh, I did, but the cat like played with it. Oh, that's you've, how met, I, you've met Jinx. That's how, yeah. That's oh, how yeah. I knew there was yeah. uh, a mouse in the house. Apparently, it was a vole, not a mouse. Uh, a vole. A vole? Gotcha. What are voles? Those are pretty harmless. They're it's like, like a this, little mouse. It's like a little tiny uh, mouse. Yeah. But yeah. I was I mean, like, I'm not yeah. going to sleep with this. Th- you know, like what is it doing when I'm not watching? And I had to, you know, wander around. Falling so, in your snoring mouth, I, Yeah, I had a, uh, I had a broom. A broom was my weapon of choice as I was going around trying to find it. And, you know, and eventually I got one of them sump pumps that has, uh, it doesn't have like a complete, you know, cover on it. It's got like a U-shaped cover. And spiders had built a uh, web right underneath it. So I think to the vole, that looked like a solid surface. And it Because ra- I went down there and there was a hole in the spider web. I'm like, what the hell? The fucking thing fell in and drowned himself in the goddamn sump pump. Yes, Jesus, Colin. That's right. Wow. So I did not <laughs> that story got dark. Lay okay, out that the traps. death is like the most terrifying thing to me. He <laughs> fell yeah. into like a spider-infested hole in yeah. ground. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. There's so many layers of terrible to that. Yeah. Yeah. Namely, that it was in my house. We're on the opposite <laughs> sides of this, Michaela. I am anti vole It's like I'm okay with all these creatures when they're outside the house, but once they come in the house, the deal is off, and it's us versus them. I totally. Yeah. This movie. All right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it really is. Like, how well can you identify with owning a house? I think that is the what we come down to. <laughs> yeah. You got to protect it from the outside elements. It's like it's your fortress, right? It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the end of your this domain. Movie, I guess that's the thing. It's the '80s, so we give movies happy endings. I do actually kind of appreciate this because, like, I see other movies now that are like decent movies, and they have this bummer ending, and you're like, oh, I would have liked that better if it ended a little happier. This was kind of like he doesn't. He's gone crazy. He doesn't tell his wife when she shows up out of the cab with the kid. That, you know, he comes out all dressed up in his crazy rat hunting gear. Yeah. She's like, what have you been up to? And then they go in the house and she, you just hear her say, oh, my God, you know, what? what's happened? And the end joke of the movie kind of fell flat. And it was like, I had a party. Like, OK. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a disappointing ending. Yeah. I mean, like, Michaela, are you happy we didn't get there's another rat. We didn't get double rat. <laughs> I I thought for sure it was coming. I was like, Anything or that was there was going to be like a whole horde of them, you know? Oh, we did um, find babies at one point, yeah. which pissed the rat off because those babies went down the drain. Yeah, that was pretty horrifying. Horrifying. Let's see. I'm still confused horrifying. on whose side you're on, Michaela. Horrifying for the <laughs> mother rat who lost her little babies or horrifying that there's a bunch of rats now in the drain that could possibly come back up and invade the house. Now, I don't think they survived that, Colin. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Oh, yeah, but the uh, horror <laughs> movies tell us otherwise. Yeah. They survived and they'll be back for revenge in the sequel. That little pan down to like the great and you see all the little eyes open. Eyes? Up or something yeah, like that. See? Yeah. Oh. The deadly eyes. They yeah, come so back with gigantic eyes. vampire rat teeth. 
Mm-hmm. Man, I, oh, <laughs> am I about to get on a rat movie like <laughs> kick here? Oh, maybe. Oh, we got to track them all down. Yep. Part of the journey that we go on on Saturday Night Freak Show. Okay. I think so, so. I guess <laughs> we should probably uh, tell you uh, whether or not we like this movie. I have a very specific idea of how this is going to break down. <laughs> uh, but we haven't told we've been hedging our, our bets because uh, we want you to stick with us. First of all, we're going to read some of your mail. And in order to do that, we're going to have to summon our mailman. And his name is Igor. Bring us the mail. Masters, masters, the mail. I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising, rising. Why, thank you, Igor. Does Igor have a little model of the basement in his lair? Yes, he does. I think he's got a little a model of uh, all our places in his lair. Like, <laughs> he's chained up down here, so he just has models of your house so he can imagine. Yeah, do you always like. get to keep Igor? Like, can I borrow him for like a week? Can he be like Flat Stanley? He'll get yeah, send him to me. <laughs> Fold his ass up hey, and send him here. You are welcome to have that guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, he smells I good. think if we had a rat problem, Igor would take care of it. Probably. Eats I don't him think like I a want delicacy. him. Like you don't some... want him? Oh. I don't think he'd get along with my cat. Kitty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he might probably try to eat, eat him. Uh, Man, yeah. probably. I want, I want to deal with that. Well, we want to remind you how you can get a hold of us. Uh, we'll read some of your mail. All you got to do is follow along on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Show. Or Twitter. At Sat Freak Show. You can email us. Show at Yahoo.com. Or follow along on Instagram at Saturday Night Freak Show. MF Mad, who's the keeper of the Saturday Night Freak Show Wall of Fame, alerts us that we have inducted a member to the Wall of Fame. That is, you have to, uh, an actor, director, personality who's in three movies that we have covered in the nearly, what is it? We're going on, we're, we're approaching 500 episodes, I'm sure. We're working toward it. <laughs> Um, but Peter we're Weller, like 403. Calm 403. down. <laughs> Just past 403. Like 602. Working yeah, on 500. We'll get there. Uh, <laughs> hard at work. Um, Peter Weller, the star of tonight's movie, is uh, we've done three Thanks. movies that he has been in. I was actually surprised that we did both RoboCops. We did RoboCop oh, yeah. and RoboCop 2. Uh, RoboCop 2 was not that long ago. I was here for that one. Yeah, yeah that but very some of my blends in my mind. Like, yeah, we did RoboCop, RoboCop 2, and of oh. unknown origin. So three movies for Peter Weller. So we'll be shipping your certificate out in the mail shortly. Mr. Weller and uh, your photo will forever adorn the dank, dark basement. Uh, for tonight's movie, nice. which is of unknown origin, uh, Peter Gatt writes in and says, so is this a first time watch for most of you? The answer, of course, there. Yes. Yes. All of us. Yes. Yeah, for all of us. Um, yeah, we've been doing, we're on a streak of un, unseen movies. Most of we're <laughs> counting it for Colin, but yeah, we've been doing a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Well, I love it when you get me on a movie that I haven't seen. Uh, Carson Snar says, I read about this movie in a horror magazine, and I've always wanted to see this one. This is the one with the giant rat, right? It sure is, pal. Giant. Like I said, it depends on how you describe giant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, comparably, it feels like a giant rat. It is giant compared to a regular rat. Yes. 
Uh, Nelson Nascimento says George P. Cosmatos also directed Rambo for Split Part 2, Cobra, Leviathan, Tombstone, among others. Say what you will, but I love all those titles, and this one is no different. Peter Weller is great, and it's shame that it's a shame that it doesn't get more love. He's got a good, uh, good history. Uh, there. Well, Nick Siebel says, finally, I love this film. I've been recommending this movie for years now. It's an underrated 80s gem. The movie will make your skin crawl. Peter Weller is definitely an underrated actor and leading man. Hopefully you all enjoy Jaws the Rat edition and make sure to check <laughs> your toilet twice. And he also asks, do we have any thoughts on the Halloween Kills teaser trailer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean, we do. it was a very teasery <laughs> teaser. Yeah, um, I think, like, it was really teaser. It. Yeah. Um, my first reaction is that I, I hate that I like this. And that's my reaction yeah. <laughs> for every Halloween thing from now on. Because I don't know if you guys heard our episode. I was a little disappointed with uh, our latest installment of the series. So I like it. I don't like that I like it. And I know I'm probably going to be disappointed. But I still like it because it's Halloween. It's annoying to get a teaser for a movie that's still a year out. That's like, kind of pointless, I think. But We could have watched it by now. God damn it. Okay. And, uh, my, my, initial, my initial reaction was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think I, yeah, I that was fine too. What's matter? But is that yeah. because like we were so bummed out by the last one? It's like, okay, uh, there's more to that story. But I, was, I wasn't I was as bummed out about the last one as some of you were. I still I really like, like... Yeah, I was like, I some, liked it all right. Yeah, there's some really good... There's some good stuff in there. Like, yeah. I, it's, I think you guys are right. It's mostly because it's a fucking year away. So I'm just like, okay, I can't get too excited about this now because I have to wait too long. Well, and that teaser was mostly voiceover. Like, there really yeah. wasn't a lot of actual footage to it. There was, like, just, like, the empty streets a lot, and then a few quick cuts, and that was about but it. I like that. I like the empty streets of Haddonfield. That's just me. Well, um, last week we watched a movie called From Beyond. Adam Kaler writes in and says, From Beyond's a great, campy 80s horror movie. Jeffrey Combs elevates everything he's in. Dr. Pretorius needed a new scientific field, though. The world just wasn't ready for a virtual ghostly aquarium bathed in the color of Ghostbusters 2 mood slime. And it really is. There you go. He nailed it. <laughs> I, I need Ghostbusters 2 aquarium bathed in any Ghostbusters 2 references. Uh, okay, Benny. Mm -hmm. I love me some Ghostbusters 2. Well, the week before we watched Wishmaster and Daryl writes in and says, no one sneers better than Andrew Divoff. Who's the star? Jewel. <laughs> Jewel. Jewel. Good sneer. Good sneer. Uh, Grant Parrish says, I just watched Wishmaster 2 last night. The parts that work are awesome, but they're held together by this discount. Drew Barrymore and her love interest looks like the son of an important woman on a soap opera. Like unbirth <laughs> and self-sodomy are a delight, but the Morgana expository connective tissue really slows down all the fun gin hijinks. Nobody watches Jaws for the parts on land, though. Uh, uh, I, I lost myself there for a minute when they mentioned self-sodomy. I'm just like, wait, what the fuck oh, yeah, are we well, talking about again? Uh, guy, I remember a prisoner, now. Yeah, tells I the do, guy to go then, fuck himself. Right, but I zoned yeah. out for a second and I came back in. <laughs> and so I had no idea what was happening. There you go. Well, I went down a rabbit hole and watched Wishmaster 2 this weekend myself. Oh, what do you think, Colin? It's review, review. Not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go but it did right. have andrew divoff still in it the plot makes absolutely no sense and it's directed by the guy who did nightmare on elm street 2 and the hidden 
who also wrote it. So you don't have the special effects that, you, that we liked about the first one. You don't have the celebrity roll call of who's who of oh. horror movies. And you don't have like that kind of, I mean, the first Wishmaster was kind of an event, but you'll have to go back and listen to our Wishmaster episode. to find Okay, out. Colin, how did they get him? How did they get the genie back in the lamp in part two? There's a. Uh, oh, how <laughs> they get him back He's in like, the lamp? <sighs> yeah, like you know, she wished the guy didn't drink that morning, and so he went back in the lamp and the jewel. Jewel. Um, so how do they do it in part two? Uh, shit, now I'm forgetting the end of the movie. <laughs> you just watched it. <laughs> I know. I remember her standing there, and oh, what did she? Okay, I. Uh, All right, never mind. It's uh, okay. You've got COVID brain. I yeah, get it. I remember how she got uh, got him out. It was like a robbery. Like she's a cat burglar, and her and her. Yeah, whatever. They shot the fucking thing, and it broke. Right. Uh, Michael Whitaker says, you know, after watching Wishmaster last week, I think I understand the appeal of why there would have been four movies. I think it's something similar to the Final Destination franchise, the various elaborate ways of dying from wishes probably had a certain appeal to it, and I gotta say, he's one of the better-dressed monsters in a horror movie. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, you want to see how he's gonna take words literally, you know? Right? Yeah. How, how, he, how he can twist a situation. Yeah, that's all he does. He twists whatever you want. Bill Hainer says, I can definitely say that the lizard snake man at the beginning of Wishmaster was not a body-modded person, as we were talking about last week. It's makeup artist, stuntman Greg Funk. He's from my hometown, and he went to high school with my brother, and he also played the main graveyard zombie in the Night of the Living Dead remake in 1990. That's awesome. Listen to the Saturday Night Show, and all questions will be answered. Yeah. I love hearing stories like that. Mm -hmm. Who else did you people go to school with? Yeah, what's your hometown famous for? Mm. Uh, Travis Legler says, yeah, regarding your uh, comments <laughs> to the difference reacting to practical effects versus CGI, this is a common refrain on the Saturday Night Freak Show, but he says, I think the reason why people really do prefer practical effects is because there's more weight to them. They feel more real. Something about them that you know is a real physical inter- uh, real physical interaction. And uh, you also know something could go wrong, and there's a bit of real danger, and literally it just seems more real because... It is. There you go. We like practical effects, too. About the previous week's movie, Night Killer, Tired Silver writes in and says, Night Killer sounds horrible awesome. It's officially on my list to watch. Unfortunately, it's about 179th down on the list. I need more COVID (laughs) days off. Yep. Hey, and I was watching two movies a day, but you guys need to watch 1985's Mr. Vampire I would love to hear you guys and gals rant and rave about it. Mr. Vampire. Holland? There you go. Holly. Have you seen Mr. Vampire? I have yeah. not seen Mr. Vampire. Oh, uh, okay. All right, well, there you go. Well, you I'm intrigued by the title, though. That's right. Yeah. I mean, he needs Adding move. it to the list. Night Killer has to go higher up than 179th. You got to move that one. Yeah. Up. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to move that shit up. up. Yeah. Move Let's it up. do our episode. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to go around the room and tell you individually what we thought of tonight's movie of unknown origin, and we're going to start it off with... Colin! Colin, you get to go first tonight. Uh, what did you think uh, about, about <laughs> unknown origin? Um, I actually, I really dug this movie. It's my new favorite movie. That's not, maybe not true. That's hyperbole. But... Uh, no, I really, uh, I mean, yeah, I think uh, there's a certain segment of the audience. I'm that, that connected with, the, like, I understood this guy 
and what he was going through. Because, like I said, and it's just amazing that you picked it at this particular time when I'm, <laughs> you know, redoing rooms in the house, and you just kind of, right. yeah. And it's like everything. Yeah, yeah, I fucking, think it's the fuck with you, Colin. Yeah, and uh, now I'm gonna let rats loose in your house. Look out. Yeah, that'd be the next thing, right? Now you got to track the thing down because like now you know where all the wiring is because you put it there yourself and you, mm-hmm. you know, painted every you know where everything is where all the imperfections are and things you fixed and all that other stuff. And this fucking rat comes along and you end up having to go around trying to kill the rat and destroy your whole goddamn house. What else would you do? I guess you just burn the fucking house down and go like fuck it, insurance money. That doesn't happen. That's fraud. So you go to jail. So. <laughs> You can't do that. You got to hunt this motherfucker down and strap yourself in duct tape and, you know, make your own weapons. He better, hunt rats uh, mount your that house. Thing. he better mount that thing on a fucking wall when he's done. Yeah. This is the bastard, right? So right, this is um, why I was weird at work for a month. Yeah. But I thought, uh, you know, for being a, um, it's like, it's a B movie, but it does seem like I think Peter Weller and maybe George Cosmatos were aiming for something higher than it's B movie. You know, hey, it's a you know killer rat in a house movie. Uh, they were going after some kind of obsessive, you know, component of uh, the male psyche and you know this whole uh, home ownership and uh, you know jockeying on the corporate ladder and all that other stuff. It's like. It to me, it seems like they were making a movie that wasn't a B movie, B horror movie, right? In their minds, this is how they're you know justifying right. it. But um, and I thought that you know for a B horror movie, like the yeah the 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 rat was con- a convincing threat uh, to uh, his sanity. Um, yeah, I don't know all the rat photography that we were talking about earlier. I thought it really like uh, carried it off. I don't know. I really dug this. Um, I thought it was. Uh, um, it, it feels like it's a lean movie, right? Where every scene seems to be about this dude fighting this rat, even when he's not fighting the rat, he's thinking about it. That's all it is, you know. And I'm kind of impressed when movies, you know, don't lay, you know. Uh, uh, th- I guess this is the thing of the cocaine 80s, right? Where attention deficit disorder reigned supreme. Uh, you didn't bog things down with a lot of extraneous plot stuff. It's like every- the scenes just kind of running and it, like it moves, you know? Um, so, yeah, I guess I would say uh, you definitely got to check out uh, of unknown origin recommended. Michaela, what'd you think? I... Uh, I, I had a hard time connecting with this movie. I'm not a homeowner. I've never been a homeowner. Um, and honestly, I, I find stress and horror to be two very separate feelings and uh, very different things. And this movie, like, for being a George P. Cosmatos, uh, I would expect more on the canon side of things to be crazier and weirder and more over the top and didn't really get that from this. Uh, I do agree. It's a very lean movie. It's mostly just Peter Weller in this house for most of the movie. Um, I, and personally, I don't find rats to be that threatening or scary. Like it's, it's a pest. Like that's, that does not a horror movie make for me. Um, and I was just, I was just kind of bored by this movie. I felt like it, that it not having any stakes made it really hard to care. And yeah, it, it just, it didn't work for me. I really wish it would have pushed some of it a little bit further. 
and made it a little weirder and a little crazier or even just committed to like something happening that creates any sort of stakes or loss or real sense of horror. Yeah, I, I didn't, Colin, I didn't have any of the same feelings you had while watching it. I didn't once feel any anxiety or stress or dread. I was just like, this doesn't seem like a real threat. It seems like this guy's overreacting because he's descending into madness. Like, that's what the movie's about. His descent into madness, not so much the rat. And yeah, it just, it didn't work for me. And I mean, it does get points for not pulling the, there was a surprise second monster bullshit. I'm really glad it didn't do that because then I really would have like thrown this movie in the trash. But <laughs> It, it did. It did resist that at least. So it does get some points for that, but it's still not enough to put it over the finish line for me. So I'm going to pass on of on, of unknown origin. Terrible title for a movie. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Unless it's like a dinosaur movie or something, you know. <laughs> um, Holly, what did you think? Yeah, uh, Michaela, I think I hundred percent agree with everything you just said. <laughs> I, <laughs> you you nailed it. Everything. Um, this is not an incompetent movie by any means. It's not, uh, it's not like offensively bad or anything. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't get what the point was. I don't know what their end game was. Like, I mean, I guess, you know, Colin, you said you really related to a lot of it. So it struck somebody. So that's good, but I don't get what they, where they're going with it. I feel like it should have been way over the top. You know, I, I, I agree with what Michaela was saying that it, they, it should have been more canon. It should have been, it should have been more bonkers because what they did with it makes no sense to me. I, I guess they were trying to go with the psychological thriller aspect, you know, descent into madness and all that, but it just didn't play for me. Um, it, it was, yeah, I was bored. It was, it was lacking. Um, I think a killer rat movie should be, off the wall crazy and this was just yeah you said it it's a pest i i I don't get it um yeah i'm not gonna recommend don't see the point don't understand it don't care about anyone or anything in it so nope bye sean (laughs) (laughs) oh she hung up she's gone um well shocker here i'm I'm gonna land on colin's side of this one but how do we all know we were going to get there? Um, I also had a like I had a lot of fun watching this tonight. Um, I always appreciate you know uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, giant uh, creatures that really don't look like rats. If you saw it in like uh, uh, a good view, uh, attacking people and all that shit. Um, it was I thought this was a fun movie. I like. Um, I see what you're all saying about it. And even as we were talking or even in the chat, we were coming up with ways that, or things we've probably seen before, different ways that this movie could have gone that for whatever reason decided not to. Um, Again, it could have gone like more over the top with, you know, uh, um, with the rat, I think, Um, or at least um, uh, some other parts. I think um, having the Shannon Tweed, and the sun in the movie was probably, um, I, I feel like there would have been more opportunity there. It does feel a little like sluggish in the middle because we are with Peter Weller this entire movie and just him. So we don't get to get away from him a lot. Um, but I do like what he does in this movie. I think he's very deadpan and funny. Um, and I do like watching him kind of go to the brink in all this. Um, I think there's a lot of really good supporting characters in this movie, which make it, I think which really help it. Um, uh, a rat is a pest, but it's like 
if a rat was in my apartment right now, it would be a fucking nightmare. Like this is so this to me, and it's very much the horror movie. Um, it would bother the shit out of me. And all that rat photography in this, that bothered me. That rat just being so slimy and wet and being all over this movie. Um, it's, it's definitely... True, but there, was, there was one point in a close-up shot, and I'm not sure why they included this, because there was one point when it was doing that thing where it was, like, cleaning itself. Yeah. And I was like, that's adorable. Now I feel bad for the rat. <laughs> <laughs> See, for me, that came, like, 30 min- uh, after, like, 30 minutes of rat photography, or so I'm just like, nothing they can do with it. This thing's going to make it cute anymore. <laughs> but, Sean, if you had a rat in your apartment, you call your landlord, and it's not your problem. Well, I mean, there is the the logic of this movie doesn't like completely add up, obviously, because I would be calling someone immediately, or I'd have a gun at this point. If this thing was attacking me and and dragging me down the stairs into my basement, I would have gotten a gun at this point. Yeah, because he because at one point he could have shot a hole in that wall. So I said um, he needed a bazooka. So I'm like, that's did. the next step, bazooka. When, right when the rat's in the piano, piano's gone. Yeah. Bazooka that Boom. shit and. Uh, um, I think, you know what, you could probably dial this all back to, or go back to this being like, this is kind of like a Critters movie, which <laughs> might explain why I like it so much, because um, that's what it kind of feels like. Um, but uh, but I had a good time. I think everyone did really good in this. Um, I, you know, you get giant rat puppets chewing at people's ankles. That's always fun for me. Um, yeah, uh, I had a good time with this movie, um, and uh, yeah, I, I recommend it. Of Unknown Origins. I think it's a pretty good rat movie, and considering I haven't seen a lot, I'm willing to, this movie makes me want to explore the world of rat movies. <laughs> to find the rat movie. <laughs> right, to find the rat movie. I want to go out there and see what I catch. So, uh, yeah, that's a, uh, that is a recommend from me. All right, so we got an even split, 2-4-2 two, mm-hmm. two against on, uh, of Unknown Origin. Next week, we're going to be watching a movie that's chosen by... Holly. Holly, what are we going to watch next week? Next week, we're going to watch John Carpenter's Body Bags. Ooh. I've never yeah. seen this, so... I don't know if... Jesus, I don't know when the last time I saw this was, or if I have. <laughs> TV movie. All right, yeah, so... Yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Don't give a shit. We're watching it. Count, what was the first, uh... <laughs> what was the first non-theatrical movie we ever brought to Freak Show? Do you remember? Uh, what was Sharknado. It, Do you remember? Do you remember, what Sean? Was, uh, I mean, he's right. It might have been Sharknado. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, right. so... Foiled again. Yeah. So that's uh, next week on Body Bag, John Carpenter's Body Bags. Thank God, because I was like, John Carpenter just doesn't have enough representation on the Saturday Night Freak Show, right? I mean, he, until we have I'm his whole filmography, right? We're not, we're not <laughs> done. I mean, it's a real up and down with him, like good ones, bad ones, good ones. So who knows with this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's three separate stories, so you get to grade each one separately. Anthology. All right, so there you go. John Carpenter's Body Bags next week on Saturday Night Freak Show. Until then, ladies and germs, the basement is going dark.